business, sports, entertainment, music, style. You're listening to the Zazpreneurs Podcast, where we showcase the lives of the doers, their journey, their struggles, their inspiration, their hustle, and the grind. Hello everyone, this is Rohit Thakur, your host of the Zazpreneurs Podcast. For our first episode, we have with us Chef Manan Maheshwari from Bignanwet Pizzeria, located in Kalyanagar, Pune. His achievements are what makes him the perfect candidate for our first episode, which includes winning at the Times Food and Nightlife Awards 2019 in the category of Best Pizzeria. He is the first one to introduce the Chicago-style deep dish the biggest thin crust and pan pizza in Pune and recently introduced the biggest commercially made pizzas in India which stands at 60 inches. So Manan, what's your journey been like for the past 3 years reaching up to this point? So it's been a massive roller coaster ride. We have gone through some major changes, ups and downs in the past 3 years. Uh, initially when I started Baked and Wide in 2015, we thought of making Baked and Wired a bread manufacturing unit where we would tie up with various restaurants you know, and supply breads. I felt there was a market for good quality breads you know, mm-hmm. because the sort of breads that we get in the market I felt was not up to the mark. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean initially when we started uh, we did tie up with a couple of restaurants you know, where we would supply something as simple as and as basic as burger buns and uh, hot dog rolls mm-hmm. and from there I felt like I wanted to get into a lot of uh, international breads rustic Italian style or maybe your French breads and see where that goes So how did this switch <clears throat> happen from bread manufacturing to being one of the best pizzerias in Pune? Bread manufacturing is something that usually happens at night you know post 12 o'clock because we would supply those fresh breads to the restaurants in the morning Mm-hmm. which is a 8 to 10 hour process when you're looking at volumes, mm-hmm. right? And since it was a rental property that we were working out of, we would work from what, 12 o'clock at night to about 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. The machinery that we had in place for this manufacturing mm-hmm. would sit idle, you know, from 10 o'clock in the morning to about 12 o'clock at night. Okay. So I thought of why not do something else, you know, apart from bread and utilize that time frame that we had which was quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at a rental property, you would want to maximize your output per square feet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk in terms of business. Mm-hmm. So hence, the whole pizza idea came into the picture. Now, while I was in Australia for four years from 2008 to 2011 year end, mm-hmm. we used to have these pizzas, you know, amongst friends, those huge 28 inch, 30 inch pizzas, mm-hmm. which would suffice a group of five to six people in a single meal or a lot of times, you know, I used to go bring it for myself and have it all throughout the day. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Felt uh, this was an interesting concept that can be brought to India. Mm-hmm. And at that point of time, there was a lot of demand for something new, for mm-hmm. something creative, you know, uh, which would stand out in the market mm-hmm. and not uh, put me into the same category as any other pizza area doing probably a 10 inch or a 12 inch pizza or for that matter even a 20 inch pizza. So hence we started pizza making apart from the bread manufacturing and yeah it's been amazing ever since we started. From what we hear, 
when you came back from Australia, yeah. you didn't directly start this venture. No. So, so what was your journey like from there to this? Yeah, I, I came back and I actually started working for a couple of restaurants, standalone restaurants that too. Because eventually I knew somewhere down the line, you know, I might want to open up my own a little restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. cafe. So to get that experience of a standalone restaurant was very important. Mm-hmm. So rather than working for your five-star hotels, you know, where it's not quite extensive pressure, but not the sort of pressure when you have a standalone restaurant, because mm-hmm. there you're gonna get crowd coming in day in day out. You know, uh, restaurants being packed most of the times, mm-hmm. um, as compared to your uh, five-star hotels. Yeah, of course. So I started working, you know, for a couple of standalone restaurants. Did a couple of years with them, and then I felt, why not do something towards culinary as well? Now mm-hmm. I always had that inclination as a hobby, mm-hmm. you know, rather than a career option. Mm-hmm. That I was quite interested in culinary arts since I think quite technically, you know, I like to get into the R&D side of products. Mm-hmm. I felt I should go and probably do a culinary course, you know, just a basic course, okay, and see where that takes me. So that's what took me to Hyderabad mm-hmm. uh, Culinary Academy of India, which is quite close to my heart. Mm-hmm. I did get to learn a lot of techniques, a lot of new things, you know, at the college. Mm-hmm. I spent about a year and a half in Hyderabad. Okay. Came back to Pune and worked for a standalone restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then I felt, you know, it's time that I do something of my own. Mm-hmm. What got me to where I am today? So let me ask you this: Did you always have this dream that you were going to start something of your own in the future? <clears throat> Yes, yes and no, depending on what the Indian market would want. So I felt I should keep my options open. Mm-hmm. So one of my priorities to do the culinary course was so I could have that option of probably going out of the country as well. Because mm-hmm. it is easier for chefs rather than managers to you know get accepted into restaurants or hotels worldwide. Mm-hmm. So yeah, doing a culinary course was like a go-to option as well and to get a little bit of experience as well. It was the best of both worlds. So can we also say that was kind of a backup for you if this It was, it was. It was a backup as well as an experience giving an informative or rather to just brush up my skills, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to culinary art and then probably take a call, you know, whether I wanted to do something in India or move abroad. Okay. And at that point of time, back in 2015, as I said, there was a lot of demand when it comes to new products coming into the market. Mm-hmm. A bit of stagnancy when you talk about your regular pizzas. Mm-hmm. So room for improvement. There was a lot of scope for new products, mm-hmm. you know, to be brought into the market. And these old memories from Australia where we would have these giant pizzas, you know, at the table, mm. just clicked that, yeah, I might want to do this, you mm. know. And since I already had the setup when I was doing my bread manufacturing, mm. which is quite similar to a pizza setup as well, mm. uh, we were like, why not do pizzas? Mm. So we manufactured breads uh, during the night and during the day, we did pizza deliveries. Our podcast, your inspiration. So let me ask you this, where did the inspiration come from for becoming a chef? I mean, my personality is such that I would want to get into a service industry or people's industry, you know, mm. as anyone would describe. I'm not the sort of person who would like to sit behind a desk 24 mm. hours or, you know, seven days a week, whatever mm. it may be, mm. and not have that interaction mm. with general public. So I did explore a lot of industries, you know, which had to do with a lot of interaction with public. So I even did event management for a while. I did DJing, you know, that was quite interesting. Okay, that is interesting. 
and then I thought, why not try hospitality? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's all about general masses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got into hospitality. Once you tried, you clicked with the industry, basically. Right. So a lot of conversations, you know, with people, meeting interesting people, new people, you know, of all cultures, mm-hmm. get to learn so much just through food, you know, or maybe what you're serving, what the background of the person might be, where he's coming from, what he's trying to achieve. It says a lot about a person, you know. At that point of time, it was a hobby. Mm-hmm. But then again, to set up something of your own, it's very important to know each and every aspect of the restaurant. Your front of the kitchen, you know, your kitchen, A to Z. Since I was already manager at that point of time, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, why not get into the kitchen and gather knowledge, get some experience, and then start something of my own. When did you make your first meal on your own? Probably when I was 12, 11. And what was it? Eggs. So usually people start with a lot of different things. To get into the industry of, of cooking, mm-hmm. you need to start with egg. Not many people know this, but you know the, the pleats that you have on a, on a chef's hat mm-hmm. is the is the number of ways you can cook an egg. Okay. That actually defines the, the, the chef's experience. Mm-hmm. So th- I mean at that point I didn't know this. It was completely uh, look. But yeah, uh, I started with eggs, just cooking it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, from there, gradually getting into Indian food, chapatis, your dals, and then yeah, just experimenting at home. What made you inspire towards producing the first Chicago style deep dish in Pune, or rather the 28 inches monster in Pune, or even coming up with the idea of 60 inches? See, pizza again was not quite intentional. It was just a means to cover up that time frame that I had, you know, that empty slot which but I had. But this was back in 2015. This was back in 2015. And my philosophy is such that I prefer to be a pioneer and a trendsetter rather mm-hmm. than a trend follower. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, think that's I what like. Every entrepreneur wants to do. Yeah, so I like to take that risk. My father keeps telling me, you know, that you should probably do something that is already being done in the market. Mm-hmm. Because you know for a fact that sells. It's a safe option. It's a safe option. But I think along the terms that why would I want to do a product mm-hmm. which another probably say 100 small little restaurants, big or small, mm-hmm. are already making in the market. Mm-hmm. Why would a person come to say Baked and Wired if I'm going to do a regular product that is being served at any other establishment? Mm-hmm. When a person gets comfortable with the style and taste of food, more often than not, they go back to the same place over and over again. Mm. So what would be my selling point? Why would a person come to Baked and White specifically to come and eat a pizza? I have to be different. I have Mm. to stand out, you know? So that's when I started thinking out of the box that what can I do differently than what is already being done in the market? So initially, we had just two options. We had the monster pizzas, which is the 28 inch and the 30 inch pizza. And then we had the 8 inch pizza, a major gap, right? Usually people would do 10 inch and 12 inch pizzas, Mm -hmm. which we didn't want to do because already there's a lot of people who are doing it. So a personal pizza would be your 8 inch pizza and again the 28 inch for the Indian market was sort of in such a way that we have a lot of joint families, a lot of friends gathering for Mm -hmm. say a football match or a cricket match or parties, you know, Mm -hmm. general parties. That's what the Pune culture is all about, right? Uh, a lot of get-togethers, close friends. Mm-hmm. So why not come up with a product that one product suffices for everyone at a very affordable price point. So say for example, uh, you have a group of six people mm-hmm. and you go to any other pizza area where you're ordering 12-inch pizzas or 10-inch mm-hmm. pizzas. Mm-hmm. So every person has their own taste and flavor that they're looking for, mm-hmm. right? So you would land up ordering at least four to five pizzas yeah, for a group of six. Yeah, yeah. And each pizza, for a good quality pizza, you would land up spending nothing less than 400 rupees, right? So that takes your total bill to way over 2000. Yeah. 
for a group of six. Yeah. Now that's where we can capitalize. So one monster pizza at a price point at that point, you know, in 2015, we were at a price point of about in the in the range of 900 to 1500. Okay. Right. That can feed six people, mm -hmm. and you can customize the pizza up to four different toppings because of the size. So you get to eat more for a lesser so you, price. Exactly. You get to eat more. You try. You get to try more. For, for a fraction of the price that you would have paid at mm. any other pizza mm. or one of your commercial chains being pizza or domino's you mm. know so that clicked that worked mm. that large parties large office gatherings rather than ordering say 10 or 15 or 12 inch pizzas people would call us and order just two or three you know 28 inch pizzas mm. so one not many people have seen a pizza that that big yeah so that was a novelty in its own right and two you get to try a lot more for a fraction of price that you would have paid elsewhere. Must have been a perfect Instagramable opportunity for you also. Of course, of course, of course. So that was something, you know, it could go viral or it could not. Mm -hmm. And luckily, you know, it clicked in the market. We got the product. So initially, again, we didn't have a dine-in facility. We were purely a delivery-based uh, business. Mm -hmm. So we would accept our orders either through a Zomato platform, you know, or directly. So you post basically set up your customer base and then once people came Yeah, to know so we, you... we got that product out there. We got that, that reach, you know, where people actually started asking us that, you know, we want to eat your pizza piping hot. Mm -hmm. So at that point as well, the bread manufacturing that we were doing, you know, wasn't really doing that well. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, we didn't really have the sort of volumes that we would require to make it a sustainable, profitable business. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about bread, the margins per bread is quite low. People don't really want to pay commercially, you know, because obviously at the end of the day, everyone is looking at making yeah. more profit. Yeah, of course. So when product is already selling in the market, why would you want to reinvent the wheel? you know, with a better quality. When people are already happy with what's being sold in the market, why would you want to spend more on a better quality product? Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have the sort of numbers that I was looking for. At that time, we were probably making around uh, 800 to 900 buns per day, but it wasn't enough. You know, at the end of the day, I had to take a hard call that uh, this doesn't seem to be a profitable business because it would take a lot of time for me to educate the restaurant industry as to what the product was all about and why am I charging so much more than a regular bakery. Mm. So we were like, why not just concentrate on, on the pizza business, which is a high profit product. You know, mm. your margins are quite good and concentrate on that. So how much of this was an experimentation or did you know you would recover your costs? When you're doing a business, you never know whether you're going to recover or not, mm -hmm. right? Business is nothing but taking a risk. Mm -hmm. We were hoping to recover, of course, mm -hmm. like anybody would. Initially, we did face quite a bit of loss, you know, where I did have to put in money every single month into the business mm -hmm. to cover the rent. But as I said, you know, that was everything to do with we not achieving our numbers when it came to the bread manufacturing. You know, we didn't have that sort of volume that would allow us to sustain over a period of time. The pizza business at that point was doing, you know, uh, comparatively it was doing a lot better. So we had more scope when it came to pizzas rather than bread manufacturing. And that's when, you know, again, I had to take a hard decision that why not just shut bread manufacturing altogether and get into pizzas, you know, only. Since we already had a competitive product for the market, we took that call, you know, we stopped bread manufacturing altogether and we got into pizza. Stay tuned. You know, you brought up the topic of being a trendsetter. Right. Every entrepreneur wants to inspire people around them. Right. 
but what was your reaction when your competitors started getting inspired from you and right. for the same product in the market so see that's when you know that you're doing something right mm-hmm. when people start following you mm-hmm. you know you're on the right path that's true but if you're doing something out of the box mm-hmm. and nobody wants to look at it mm-hmm. then you know there's something wrong yeah right even when you talk about other cuisines if somebody opens up an italian restaurant mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. and it does really well and you will see 10 other italian restaurants coming up in that very same year mm-hmm. why because they're doing well yeah because people like that product mm-hmm. so when people started serving the chicago style deep dish it, i mean i don't claim to say that you know looking at our product mm-hmm. then they started the product probably yeah. they must have had that idea yeah, for themselves yeah. but it's just that we had that drive to serve it before anybody else in the city mm-hmm. now a place like bombay or a place like delhi yeah. even these sort of places don't have this product I mean, you know scale, at, yeah on that scale Now Pune in the last 2 years has about 4 or 5 places that are serving the deep dish people. Before that there was nobody. Yeah. You know, there was absolutely nobody. So the moment somebody comes up with something in the market that mm. looks good, that feels good, you know, mm. visually tastes good, then yes, you would want to capitalize on that product. Yeah. So coming that very dilemma whether I should do a product, you know, which is already being done in the market or whether I want to do something completely fresh. Mm. That's where that thought process comes in that I want to be a trend setter rather than follow somebody, you know. Yeah. I like to take that additional risk. So do you really want to be in that situation where you are going to be compared with another pizzeria or any other brand for that matter? you know that's what happens with us so yeah. a lot of customers have told us that you know we went to so and so place tried the deep dish and our point of reference was the baked and white deep dish yeah it always feels good to you that right exactly so when a person tells us that you know they had the deep dish at baked and wired and that's the sort of taste that they're going to carry around mm. wherever they go next time they have a deep dish that's what we're going to be compared to mm. you know so i don't think the other restaurant where the product is being tried would like the fact that they are being compared to somebody else mm. and trust me when i say this i'm not the sort of person who looks at another pizzeria's competition you know mm. for me everybody has their own way of doing things everybody has their own take on a product mm. so it's not right for somebody to compare two places mm-hmm. you know because at the end of the day you know that's why this thing where you go into every household yeah. and every mother is going to make the same dal mm-hmm. the yellow dal mm-hmm. differently yeah you know mm-hmm. so you can't really compare that my mother's dal is better than your mother you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's all good in its own way yeah, yeah. so that comparison is what is a challenge and that's what i would want people to think along those terms that you go with an open mind mm. you like the product for what that product is and not compare it with somebody else but now being realistic that doesn't happen mm. people are competitive in this market exactly so that doesn't happen it's the harsh reality mm. but then you have to start thinking along those terms mm. and be ahead of the market yeah. rather than following the market i think this is the true nature of entrepreneurship where you want to work with others but at the same time you want to be a leader amongst them exactly yeah exactly you know everybody has loads and loads of knowledge when it comes to the food industry there are far better chefs than me out mm. there but it's just that risk taking process might set you apart mm. you know it's not only being good at your craft mm. but taking those risk here and there can set you apart totally but it's that whole combination you know when you put the entire thing into perspective when you think about all these points and that's what makes a complete person mm. that's what makes a complete brand another true nature of entrepreneurship where this kind of humility is needed in yeah. you to grow absolutely 
where recognition is given you take it with open arms where criticism is given also you take with open yeah, arms yeah. you know you try to filter what's gone wrong if you feel something has gone wrong you take it with a pinch of salt in the right manner mm. and not fight against it you know initially i used to do that i felt like after all the r&d that i put into this product you know into all the pizzas mm. i mean you know the history behind each and every product you mm. know which i won't get into at the moment but mm. there's a lot of heart and soul yeah, and time that has gone into you know developing each and every product i think this thought process comes in where you think who are these people to point out the faults where i have done so much research and so much development in this product no so see that's ego then that's ego and very honestly i should be a little egoistic yeah but you need to bring empathy into the picture yeah. so now i have toned that down you know i have learned through that hard process that you don't want to fight the people you want to educate them in in any which way you can but with humility yeah. you know with that little softness that has been this personal growth for you in this yeah. journey because at the end of the day is the customer is going to give you business i mean i can't just sit and keep eating my own product you know <laughs> say that is good yeah, yeah yeah you know at the end of the day is the customer that's going to give you the business mm-hmm. so you have to take that consideration you know you have to think about all those aspects and then mold yourself accordingly so earlier back in 2017 you know we never should deliver pizzas mm-hmm. i felt in cuz pizzas are not meant to be delivered and actually if you think about it people don't understand this but the moment thinkers pizza goes into a packed box mm. you know that accumulation of steam is going to make that base soggy mm. no matter what you do there's no technology on this planet that can allow me to send a crisp hot pizza a thinkers pizza that to from the the restaurant to even a location which is 5 minutes away from the restaurant mm. because that's going to hurt the quality of the pizza it's going to drastically change the outcome of the product drastically and there's no way you can have the same product you know that is being had at the table sitting at home you're having the same product it's not possible you basically want people to experience the true nature of the pizza exactly at the outlet so yeah. 2017 you know we had that in place where people would come to the outlet try the pizza at the outlet you know we never used to deliver and we were quite adamant about it if a person wanted to come to the outlet and probably take the pizza away you know mm. we would do it please do it at your own risk mm. because we advise you not to do that but nevertheless yeah people would take it away and over over this period looking at the pune market or just the general food industry you know everything has become internet based you mm. know chunk of the orders do come through your online portals yeah so you have to adapt you have to evolve you need to keep up with the market you have to keep up with the market or you're going to be left behind in the process now that has become my biggest challenge mm. my product is such that it's meant to be had at the outlet piping hot so how do i get this product to a person's doorstep and still keep them happy it's a challenge and that's a challenge that we're going to face even in the future mm. so now we under the dilemma whether we stop deliveries altogether and go back to our original self or we continue doing what we are doing yeah and come up with delivery friendly products mm-hmm. you know like the 60 inch like the 30 inch pan pizzas that sit well on deliveries mm-hmm. no issues whatsoever and continue with this trend mm-hmm. so one is to keep up with the market understand all limitations yeah. then coming up with delivery friendly products mm-hmm. trying to continue with the market you know and make sure that your brand survives through this ups and down this thick and thin yeah. process is a lot of work whole industry is a challenging sector it is it's absolutely challenging because everybody wants to try something new and i would say this ever since tv programs like master chef australia mm. come up in the in the recent probably mm. say about 8 years or so yeah. people want to venture out because now they know that there's a big world out there where chefs are getting absolutely experimental when it comes mm. to food mm. they're getting an opportunity to visually see a dish which probably a person couldn't have even you know fat 
happened that is this even possible yeah you know but yes now that is becoming a reality mm. so people want to go out and try something new mm. and i hope they do that with an open mind because that's where there's a connection then between the restaurant the chef and the customer mm. if the customer goes to that restaurant thinking with the same old taste then there's no point of progress even the customer wants something new yeah. so if you're going for something new go with an open mind try the product for what it is mm. that gives inspiration to the chef that it's being accepted as a neutral product yeah. you know and that's what makes you want to do even more even more yeah. rather than just play it safe and come up with the same old product again and again and again mm. do follow us on facebook and instagram at zazpreneurs Now, but speaking of Master Chef and the introduction of such shows, right. they're inspiring the next generation of chefs. So, right. what's your word of inspiration to them? So, India, as it goes, you know that the restaurant industry is still quite young. There are a lot of opportunities, but keep in mind, it's not as glamorous. as it looks from afar once you actually get into the day to day workings of this industry you will find that there are a lot of challenges because our demography is quite large we have that international crowd we have that local crowd again in the local crowd there's a lot of difference in understanding of different products so you are dealing with a multicultural audience mm-hmm. so keeping all that in mind you have to come up with something creative that can be accepted by everybody mm-hmm. and that i feel is a big challenge yeah. that each and every person can try it and relate to that product in one way or another mm. so it is quite satisfying at the end of the day when you see that smile on a customer's face you know which is what you're working towards that yes that they have enjoyed your product they have enjoyed your food and that's what keeps you going you know in the long run mm-hmm. and yeah more often than not we have seen that smile on on a customer's face where they have they have thoroughly enjoyed the product we have got all the praises all the right praises you know but yes at times we have received receive negative comments as well you know which again was a learning process for mm. us that how do we improve the product from what it is how do we take it a step further how do we come up with something new that can probably be related to that person you know because mm. not everybody likes a thin crust pizza or not everybody likes a pan pizza yeah. so you need to have something for everyone and yes at the end of the day when that customer has a smile on the face and says ki bhai maza aa gaya mm. that's the most satisfying moment you will have in this industry you could be a server you could be a chef no matter what you know mm. because collectively you're working as a family you're working as a group and you're making someone else happy and you're making someone else happy so it's not about just your kitchen or your service staff it's about everyone that is on it's board it's about bringing happiness to people's lives basically right so i have been really blessed to have a very close knit family you know when it comes to my team at mm. baked and wired all of us have been on the same page you know trying to achieve the same goals at the end of the day i feel that's what every person who's wanting to come into this industry should also look for because mm-hmm. at the end of the day you have to be satisfied with what you're doing and one cannot top the other yeah. so it's only when you tick all the boxes you know when it comes to your team when it comes to the quality of your product keeping your customer satisfied with that smile on their face you know well at the end of every meal they say ki bhai wow maza aa gaya mm-hmm. is very important yeah so the only way that is going to happen is one you be adventurous mm-hmm. and you make sure that your team looks up to that philosophy you know mm-hmm. and also want to get there with you yeah. that would solve your problem of you know having a disconnected team mm. where everybody wants to work together you yeah. know 
this is the way you can do that mm-hmm. coming up with new products and being experimental is another very important thing mm-hmm. you know staying ahead of the market setting trends interesting thing you know a lot of these top chefs that we hear of around the world mm-hmm. initially if you look at their food their food is quite experimental not many people understood what they are trying to do because what they are trying to do is give their regional cuisine a spin and serve it in a totally different way yeah literally you know head upside down mm-hmm. so one the team collectively understood what they are trying to achieve mm-hmm. you know so they could achieve that in the process and do it at their best yeah. the best of the ability and second part was when customers started relating to that food mm-hmm. and then enjoying it and now if you think about it the top restaurants around the world would have booking periods of about 6 months yeah. to a year yeah. you don't get a seat you know that's what you should be working towards mm-hmm. you want to get yourself to that stage where you are in such high demand mm-hmm. it's a lot of hard work yeah. but that's what you should be inspiring towards and the only way you can do that is when you keep experimenting keep coming up with new products no matter what it may be it may be quite simple or it may be really complicated mm-hmm. but again as a team you know as a collective unit all of you are working towards it and then you get that satisfaction from the customer is the best feeling that you can have the maza yeah the maza that's the best feeling you can have it's the satisfaction when that customer says ki bhai maza aa gaya is when you're on the right track that's what will bring a smile on your face as well you know that's what is going to push you even further to keep experimenting which is quite important because yeah like i said you know all the top chefs around the world have been experimental at some stage of their career and that is what has brought them that recognition today mm. where they are known as you know the best restaurants around the world so it is a highly rewarding field as well mm. but at the same time it is a highly difficult and it's rigorous when it comes to your getting things done your work timings you know so not everything is glamorous but you, you need be, to do the work basically to reach where you want to be yeah which is with every field yeah when i talk about being a chef it's physically taxing as well mm. so not only mentally but physically so mm. you need to be a complete person you need to be ready for each and every challenge thrown at you mm. the good comments the bad comments filter out the bad comment try to take something from that as well mm. project yourself out there be experimental have faith in what you're doing mm. if you don't believe in what you're doing then you cannot sell the product correctly that's true so you need to have faith in your own product right you need to have faith in your team they need to have faith in the product that yes we are selling the best of the best mm. that's important you have to think along those terms you have to take those additional risks learn from other people's mistake as much as possible because mm. that is going to save you a lot of money mm. right and yeah look forward to the future i think manan this has been a wonderful talk i hope our audience gets so inspired much. from your journey thank, thank you so very much. much for being a part of this podcast absolutely thank you. anytime thank you thank you for listening in this podcast is brought to you by zaz media a digital agency from pune india we can help grow your business on social media check us out at zaz media stay tuned for the next episode